In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. The gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I am Director of Ministry Relations for WAVA Radio, and I'm going to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, many, many, many years ago, I read a book, and the opening sentence of that book is, Life is Difficult, period. Not a newsflash, right? Life is also full of obstacles. Some are specific to us as individuals, and some are common to all of us, which leads us to say we're all in this together, right? Like our current crisis. Well, joining us today is a man who helps folks overcome these obstacles and to find their identity in Christ and receive healing and restoration in Christ. So we're going to talk about that. And of course, here to get us started and to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, buddy, good to see you. Hey, good to see you, too. This is now week two of this sort of uh, remoting in and uh, recording our show that way. And this also uh, happens to be an amazing weekend uh, on the church calendar, right? So we greet each other on this resurrection weekend with He is Risen. Uh, He is Risen indeed. And the truth about the power of Jesus' resurrection doesn't change uh, whether or not this COVID-19 thing is uh, taken over a nation and a state and a world. Uh, or whether it hasn't, that Jesus is greater. He overcame Amen. sin, he overcame death, and he overcame the grave so that all of us who believe can have a relationship with him. And also, as John chapter 10, verse 10 says, that we can have life and life to the full. And that idea of life to the full, when we read the book of John, isn't just about life someday we'll have to the full when we pass from this life to the next, uh, but it's also what it looks like to live the life right now in the present that Jesus died for. And so that's why I'm really glad to have uh, actually one of my good friends and my good buddies. I have two now, you and him, uh, Todd Bramlett today. <laughs> wow, on the you show. have two? I have two. Don't, don't let it out, all right? Because most people think I don't even have one. But nonetheless, have him on the show and, and to talk about what it's like to actually hear from God and to live from that life that Jesus actually died for, not just someday when we pass, but right now, the power of the resurrection and the Holy Spirit in our life, Amen. how he can affect Amen. us in our daily living. So let me give you some background about Todd. Uh, Todd is a 30-year technology leader with experience as a founder, CEO, COO, and investor, among other roles, uh, right, in companies that have ranged from global SAS software companies. Now, for some of you in this area who is high tech, you know exactly what that means. I'm just reading those words. I don't know what they mean. I think they have to do with computers, but they also have to do with professional service firms and things like that. He has expertise uh, in everything from equity and debt financing and exit planning to strategic realignment and operational restructuring to global buy and side, sell side, buy side and sell side of mergers and acquisitions. Uh, he has all kinds of prior experiences. A co-founder and president at one point of Nehemiah Security, founding and leading the following, like CEO and founder of Aspen, 
CEO and founder of Comp, uh, Comp Accounting LTD, I think I'm saying that right, CEO and founder of a division of Edgemark Systems, managing partner, founder of Leverpoint Capital Partners. There's a whole lot of things I could say about him, about uh, how he's made an impact in this world. But I will say this from knowing him personally, uh, probably the greatest impact he's made is being married to his wife, Sarah. Uh, him and his wife, Sarah, lead an event, a weekend called Encounter. They actually do that at Christian Fellowship Church, uh, where I have the privilege of being his friend and also uh, pastoring there. It's a weekend experience that helps people go deeper in their faith. Yeah, it specifically is targeted at helping at people uh, who have a relationship with Christ and people who want to come into a relationship with Christ, overcome obstacles, and find their true identity in Christ. And it happens through teaching, it happens through worship, it happens through prayer. Uh, people learn the reality that not only can we speak to God, but God is there speaking to us still today. And he is offering healing and restoration through Jesus Christ. Todd, I see you a lot, but this might be the first time ever we've been on a virtual call together. So this is new for us. So, but thanks for joining the show. It is. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Todd, I just said a lot about uh, your background and those sort of things, but specifically for today and what we're going to talk about, I want to kind of start around this idea of what we called encounter and what does that mean, and how did it start, or why did it start? Um, it started, it grew out of an um, experience in my own life where, uh, we might get into further details, but where yeah. I was in great need. My, my brother, um, who was seven years younger, was like a son to me, um, passed away, uh, unfortunately, in our house. I didn't realize he had he had gotten hooked on crack cocaine again yeah and it was a brutal time for me um to say the least i was in a fog for a while a year after he passed i was i was out on an extended time to pray um i was out for about four hours and um i was afraid i was going to fall asleep in the car i decided i better get up and walk around if i want to keep praying and talking to god so I asked him a question, Lord, what do, you, do you have anything you'd like to say, be my guest? Now, I had gone to a school that taught very clearly, Covenant College, it's a great school, PCA College, I love it, but that their teaching was fairly clear that God doesn't do that stuff anymore. So when I asked, what do you want to say, I was shocked to hear what I thought was an answer. Hmm. Um, it was very clear in my head that I had asked it, so to speak, in the left side, and I heard the answer in a different place than I asked it, and I was quite uh, confused, discombobulated. Um, but that experience, I decided to continue to see what else he would say. So I asked him a question and I said, okay, fine. Well, what do you want me to do? Yeah. He said, trust and obey. And I, and I had started to have an argument with him. Look, I could come up with that myself. This probably isn't even happening. It was very, it was a very interesting time for me, but eventually I realized God is speaking. He does speak. This isn't actually new to me. I'm not the only person. It's been done throughout the ages. There, there are things that help. There are things that hinder. Him beginning to speak to me started to transform my life so profoundly that people around me mm -hmm. started coming and asking, what in the world are you doing? And I, I, I had to tell them, um, especially people that are close to me, and they said, oh, my gosh, I don't know what that, that must be working for you because it's changing. I've known you for 15 years and something's going on. So, yeah, that transformation was so substantial that we started teaching others to do it. Yeah, I think one of the things that you're uh, leveraging and talking about here is that every single one of us at some point in our life, 
come to a crisis moment. And one of the common things that we have happen in a crisis moment is, is we interact with God in maybe a way that we normally haven't at this COVID-19 thing that is occurring right now all throughout the, the world has caused all kinds of people to question God. Are you there? Are you real? Do you, are you still living and active? And one of the things, especially during this time now uh, in, you know, Northern Virginia, all of Virginia, rather in Maryland and Washington, DC, we're all under this sort of shutter at home or stay at home notice. And it creates this social isolation and I think what's interesting is, is that sometimes in the midst of difficulties and challenges, whether it's COVID-19 or what you just mentioned, uh, as we're going through these difficult and hard times, we spiritually isolate ourselves. We begin to think that we're the only ones that have this type of trouble or the only things. Can you share maybe a little bit about sort of the universal nature of how at some point like we all face difficulty and we're not alone? Yeah, I mean... So because that experience was so profound and we've begun to teach this uh, idea that God is still speaking and how to hear him, um, we've, we figured we've taught about 1,500 people mm-hmm. and have prayed with, uh, oh gosh, thousands of times with hundreds and hundreds of people individually separate from the seminars. And what that's taught me is pretty much uh, it's universal. Everyone, if you can get below the surface a little bit, has some pain, some issue, some place that they're struggling, some, some part of their background that was difficult, some much more than others. But it turns out we're all pretty much the same in this. We're, you know, we're, we're dealing with, what is it, um, Corinthians? Uh, we're dealing with troubles that are common to man. And, it, and it's clear, even though in churches we don't like to talk about it, maybe very openly, when we see people in behind closed doors, everyone admits, yeah, I'm struggling with this or I'm having a hard time with that or the enemy's attacking me here and the way, what he's saying to me. So everyone's yeah. dealing with it. I think if you look at scripture, uh, John chapter six, Dennis, you know, makes it clear that no one comes to God unless Jesus draws them. And that, that's this idea of speaking uh, through uh, the power of his spirit, drawing people in. And so at, at some point, especially as believers, uh, I know that we've talked about this from time to time, Todd, um, we forget the fact that God has at least spoken to us once to become uh, sons and daughters of God. Uh, but that isn't just a one and done scenario. And so uh, one of the things that I know that you attempt and help people to do through encounter and, and others that come alongside of you in that ministry is you help people understand that just because you may not be hearing God doesn't mean that God isn't speaking uh, from that reality is, is that, He's always communicating and that he still does speak today. But the problems sometimes are the things that get in the way of uh, our hearing him well. I think it talks about tearing down in Corinthians as well, the hindrances or the roadblocks. So if, if for someone was listening today and they're like, I've never heard God speak at all. I don't think that's true. Can you talk about some of the things that could distract or even hinder people uh, from, from hearing God well as he's speaking in our lives? Sure. I guess I put it in, in two buckets. Um, one would be the pace of life that, we, mm, that okay. we live in today. It's just so fast. And we have interrupt cycles from our cell phones, our computers, um, you name it, telephones of various sorts, um, email, texting of all kinds. And that interrupt creates a bit of noise in our, in our heads that's much more significant than it used to be 100 years ago. So that's a challenge, right. but the one that's probably a little less obvious is one we do call hindrances. It comes from 
um, Hebrews uh, 12, where God says, um, let's do what the amazing people in, in chapter 11 did. Let's lay aside the encumbrances or the hindrances. I didn't have any idea what that meant. I just read it and kept on going. But it turns out there are encumbrances or hindrances. And the number one hindrance typically is unforgiveness. And um, so when you talk about unforgiveness, uh, for some people who may not be familiar with that term, um, especially biblically, could you break that out just real quickly? Because a lot of people think that, well, if I forgive this person, that means I've got to be back in a relationship with that person, or that means that everything that they ever did to me was okay. That's not this idea of forgiveness, correct? You're really good at this, Brian. <laughs> so <laughs> team me up pretty easily. So the idea of forgiveness is the best teaching I ever heard was simply the idea of an accounting idea or, or debt. So a person, I'll give you an example that's most common, a parent, parent does badly by a child. The parent does by God's decree, owe the child loyalty, respect, honor, care, direction, any number of, of um, uh, debts that they have to the child given to that parent by God. And many times we as parents, and I'm on the top of the list, we fail to do these. And a debt is created where the child has, has not been paid. So the idea of forgiveness really is about debt, where we cancel the debt that the person didn't pay us, and that does diminish the noise on our soul dramatically. People are always surprised how much it helps. And as you say, it doesn't mean that we necessarily call up a dangerous person or a very difficult person and re-enter relationship. It does, though, mean that they decide to place the debt, to give it to God, let God deal with them, even though they may not, they may, but they may not. And then they allow God to re return to them what was, what was unpaid. Yeah. That works unbelievably well. And I think it's, it's really important to understand sometimes that one of the obstacles that we run into is even just misunderstanding what it means to do certain of these things. I know, I know personally from conversations with you and conversations I've had with others and Dennis is saying that, that too often when we read scripture and Jesus says to love our enemies and says to forgive as we've been forgiven, we take that to a place that Jesus didn't intend to take it. And so they think that means that person who has done me great physical, emotional, or whatever type of harm, that means I got to say what they did was okay, or I've got to spend more time with them. And, sure. and yeah. not believing um, the truth about forgiveness does certainly get in the way. Now, there's a lot of other obstacles we could talk about, but that's probably you know, the number one, as you just mentioned, that we had. But I want to kind of switch gears for a second uh, in saying, okay, so say that uh, someone says, number one, I, I believe that I can hear from God. I, I accept that as truth that we see in the Bible, which it is. And then number two, we begin to sort of clear out some of those things as mentioned in Hebrews that get in the way of, of, of really hearing God. Like God wants to deal with our forgiveness issues before he's talking to you about some of these other things. We, we begin to clear out these things that you referred to uh, through that book as hindrances, rightfully so. It's not just enough right? To hear God. Um, it'd be like if I told my son or my daughter who I'm, you know, hunkered down in the house right now with, um, go make your bed. And then they come back five minutes later and I say, did you make your bed? They go, nope, but I heard you. Right. You're like, you're, you're kind of missing the point of just hearing. There, there's another aspect to it that when God speaks to us through his spirit, certainly he wants us to hear, but he also wants us to take that next step and obey. And hearing God is one thing. Obeying God once we hear him, it, it's another. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that importance of a next step, especially when we know we've heard from God and what we hear doesn't fit our logical patterns and it's 
it's a little scary. You've had one of those things happen just recently, right? When God said, hey, I want you to make a career jump, so to speak. Yeah. You know, in my early days of, of hearing God, I didn't really know anybody who did this the first five years. I didn't, I didn't really say much to many people because it, people, I thought people would think I was weird, even though it turns out, well, they might still think I'm weird, but for different reasons now. Um, so I struggled quite a lot with trying to figure out what is God saying and how does this all work? Basically mm -hmm. working it out on my own. One of the things that he told me as I was out one day, I was hearing best in the woods. Some people like to be at a desk with a cup of tea, whatever works for you, do it. But for me, it's walking in the woods. And, and I was frustrated about something and <clears throat> about him not telling me something. And he said, as clear as day to me, um, until you obey the last thing, I'm not telling you the next thing. And I thought, ouch, that, yeah. that's a good, there's a good. I want to go to fourth grade, but I haven't passed third grade. Yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a principle that I live by now. You got to, you got to obey the last thing to hear the next thing and continue in the progress, the virtuous cycle. And so for you, there, there's that tension. And I guess I just want to draw in again that um, sometimes, you know, we look at Isaiah and we say, uh, it says in chapter 55, that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can look through the whole of scripture and then God has said to do certain things at certain times that, that don't make a lot of sense from an earthly perspective. One of my favorites I'll talk about on the show and other places is when God very clearly told Moses, go stand in front of the Red Sea. From yeah. a military standpoint, that was dumb. But that's what God said. And then God brought something more amazing out of that obedience. Um, I, I think what's interesting about this idea that we can talk about hearing from God, if we're not careful, we can compartmentalize that just to our sort of like certain part of life that we say is our church life or our spiritual friend's life. But when we talk about this idea of, of hearing from God and following his spirit, God wants to get involved in every part of our life. I think that's probably one of the reasons why you have a passion for coaching and discipling people who are young entrepreneurs. I read your bio earlier on. That's just something that's who you are. You're an entrepreneur in the marketplace. Talk about how he gets involved every area. It's not just compartmentalized. Okay. So um, I wanted to go into the ministry when I was 25 years old. Um, I had been to Covenant College and again, not to pound on them too much, but they didn't, the idea that God still speaks wasn't something that we were taught. So I, um, but I decided I, I don't really care because I'm going to go out in the woods for eight hours and I need God to tell me, I want to go into the ministry. Can I do it? I had a tiny little business and I, and I felt pretty stuck. I'll say a strong impression after about four or five, six hours trying to quiet myself. God was saying, Nope, I want you to stay in business. I came home. I was kind of depressed about it. And I told my wife, we were young at that time. Uh, well, shoot, we're staying in business. And then God began to bless that business. I sold that business to GE Capital Consulting um, a number of years later. Um, I wanted to do it again about uh, seven or eight years ago. I went out again and wrestled with God. Now I can hear him pretty well. And ultimately he said, yes, I'm putting you in the ministry, in business. <laughs> and so I was like, shoot. All right. Well, I guess I'm in the ministry and business. So that my mentality quite clearly, especially these last 10 years is, Hey, if you're a believer, you're in the ministry. The question is in what area are you in the ministry? And for me, it's business. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, I, what I want to just kind of push us to in these last few minutes is that, um, you know, we live in a pretty fast paced area. I, I think, but just about, most any places in America can now say we're more fast paced and it's really hard to slow down. You've already mentioned we got to slow down to hear God well in our life. Uh, in fact, one of the benefits of this COVID-19 thing is it has made people 
like it or not, to do things differently. It, it's maybe even slowed them down. How would you suggest maybe in the midst of this time that people are experiencing um, that they could hone in a little bit better in their life to maybe hear God clear? Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. So my, I'll go back to the original idea that there are, there's noisemakers and whether it's our cell phone or email or texting, et cetera, we can't run away from that fully, although this is changing our lives a little bit. Um, the number one thing that's helped me over the last 10 years, especially to get in touch with hearing God specifically is to make a practice in the morning before my feet hit the bed and at night before I go to sleep to be aware of consciously aware of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And, and if I do it before I go to bed and I do it before I get out of, before I get out of bed in the morning, it helps me have a posture in my soul of awareness of God. And that, that practice is called practicing the presence. There's books on the subject. One that's the most famous is by Brother Lawrence, The Practice of the Presence. Frank Laubach also has something out there. But that practice to, to slow ourselves down and, and I'll say touch base with God during the day, throughout the day turning our mind to, to the fact that he's there and whatever he might be saying at the moment, that practice is super helpful for me. And I've known, I've taught a lot of people and it's been helpful for them. Yeah. Now we have a lot of people that are listening right now uh, to the show, you know, right when it's playing on the radio, some people listen later on on a podcast or whatever it may be, but there's a common uh, theme that we bring out on the show is that, that it would be really easy for people to listen to people on the radio like me or like Dennis or like you right now and begin to think, Oh, well, they're special people, right? That, that only applies to them just by nature of hearing it on a podcast or on the radio. Uh, and, and in this particular case, there's probably some people out there who may think, man, my life has been too messed up. I've had too many bad things occurred. I've done too many bad things. I've made a mess of it. And, and God has nothing to say to me. In this last minute or two, and I know it's like the fastest 20 some odd minutes ever happened in life, but c- could you encourage a person like that who may be thinking that way? Yeah, um, I was thinking about it this morning. Jesus, we call him our Redeemer. I briefly looked up in Merriam-Webster, which I know is old school, but I still, it's not Wikipedia, but I did it anywhere. Um, redeem means to free from what distresses or harms, such as from captivity, pain of ransom, extricate or help overcome something that is detrimental. Jesus being our redeemer does for everyone, whether they're a believer or a non-believer, he, he redeems us. And one of the main ways he does it today is through his spirit, by his voice. Mm-hmm. He created the world by speaking. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was actually formless and void. God spoke and it became. How we become recreated, whether we're believers with areas that we're still, are still wounded, or we're not yet believers. If God speaks to you, if God speaks to you, you can be recreated in whether a non-believer coming to Christ the first time or a believer overcoming areas that need overcoming. Yeah. Well, again, if the, if God can speak the world into existence, there's nothing we haven't done that he can't speak and recreate just as you said, and to heal. Uh, Todd, we've spent maybe hundreds of hours now together just talking and this has probably been the shortest conversation we've ever had in our life. And uh, I'd love to bring you back uh, sometime in the future to talk a little bit deeper into some of the things we've talked about. But Dennis, I think this is encouragement for all of us on this Easter weekend that God is still living and active and what he did 
in the resurrection of Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit still can resurrect our lives today. Amen. Amen. Todd, thank you so much, brother. God bless you for your time with us. Is there a, is there somehow that folks can get in touch with you? Do you have a website? Do you have a, an email that, that we can give out? Or You know, the easiest one is probably at CFC because we have a, a, a group that does. Oh, okay. okay. Brian, you want to relate? Yeah, you could just, uh, we can make sure that Todd gets your information. If you go to www.cfcwired.org uh, and click on the prayer link there and uh, we'll get you connected cfcwired.org. You heard it here. Hey, if you folks want to listen to this again, go to goodnewsforthecity.com or wava.com, keyword good news. Um, And even though we are social distancing, you can still call me on the telephone at 703-807-2266 right in our WAVA studios. Even though I'm not there, um, you can still call me and I will get the message. And folks, remember, God bless you. Hey, Todd, thanks, man. Thank you for being with us. God bless you folks. Thank you for listening to this, listening to God. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of good news for the city, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.